away with me. Only be a ride out of town. Only be the place to hide. We can make our lives on the go. That's a good song. Run away with me. That song. I love that song. How do you know it? Um, that's probably one of my my favorite musical theater songs in the world right now. Yeah, I really like um, Michael Arden. Does a oh, version yeah. he of does that. a that's great really version. Good. Yeah, Michael, the Michael Arden is super weird because he is a brilliant performer. He played uh, Quasimodo. Yeah, um, but he's actually a much more accomplished director. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, he did the. I believe he did the revival of Spring Awakening. Jeez, the the Theater West, the Deaf Theater West one. Oh yeah, he was. I believe he was the director of that. That's interesting, and um, he's fantastic. And uh, Hunchback never made it to Broadway, right? No, it was, it was in it was Germany set. only. It was. Uh, I think it came to. It started in America. Uh, yeah, I think it was at. But Paper in like Mill. Kentucky or something. Like I think it was at Paper Mill Playhouse, which is they do a lot yes, of uh, out of that's right. out of city trials, and then it didn't succeed, and then they actually launched it in. I it was in Germany or Paris or it was someplace in Europe. They actually launched a full production. Yeah, and then they talked about bringing it back to America, and they kind of never did. I should warn you, in my research for the news, one of them is about the Arrowverse crisis on Infinite Earths, and that led me down a rabbit hole where I, I could conceivably talk about the DC Arrowverse television universe and the Marvel universe and how it relates to the Tommy Westfall universe. Are you familiar with the Tommy Westfall universe? Uh, is it any relation to Tommy Two-Tone? No. Do you know St. Elsewhere? Yes. It relates to... So does this mean it's in the universe of like every single television show is that what you're getting at yes and as near as i can tell the mcu and the dc arrowverse are in the same universe mother of god <laughs> and i don't know how to feel about that and uh i'm warning you that this is going to be a deep deep cut yeah that's fine <laughs> okay uh, great <laughs> we're gonna be here till the sun comes up <laughs> no I'll, I'll try and keep it uh high level because you're stupid and long words are confusing Everybody. Welcome to the Media Lunch Break, bringing you all your comic geek and movie news all in the time it takes to eat a good sandwich and maybe a cheesy gordita crunch. I am Andrew Dunn, as always, here with you, your host. My levels are not great, but I'm just going <laughs> to plow through it. With me today is Jeff Hill. Say hello, Jeff. Hello. Chris is moving. He's in the process of moving very, very far away, like two blocks. And uh, two from, blocks from you, or from no, where he currently resides. From, from where he currently resides, he's, he's in Astoria. You guys should hang out. And uh, I've seen him on the street several times, and we both awkwardly look at each other and go, "Hey." Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> now that we've made this sufficiently awkward, so with me is his substitute teacher, uh, Gov Hill. Um, I, it's funny because as soon as I asked you if you could do this, you were the first person I thought of. Because oh, that's very nice. Of you. Yes, because I I need that sweet sweet comedy brain of yours. <laughs> uh, so first, yes. Oh, but it's funny because afterwards I was like, I have a lot of friends struggling to like like we do actually have a pretty good amount of listeners. I don't know if I've told you that, but uh, like, oh, that's terrifying. Thank I you. know you're welcome. <laughs> it's not it's not a whole lot, but like I, I was like I have a lot of friends in the entertainment industry who probably would have preferred I <laughs> went to them first, and you're just like a friend, yeah. you know. <laughs> 
but that's cool. I don't have, I do not have a SoundCloud to plug. I probably should. I am an aspiring. That's okay. We'll make you one before the end of the episode. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I appreciate that. Start your rap career. Ooh. So I have to do this thing that Chris does. Have you listened to the show at all? Yeah. Okay. I have DC News and I have Marvel News. Which would you like to start off with first? Well, let's do DC News because I'm pretty sure we're going to get to some other Marvel news. Too bad. I want to talk about MoviePass. So have you ever rooted for an underdog that you knew could never win? And every time an opportunity arose to get ahead, they just choked. And no matter how hard they tried, they ended up losing. And you feel embarrassed for rooting so hard for them? Yes. Well, anyway, MoviePass is dead. The parent company Helios and Matheson Analytics officially announced last week that they are closing shop with this press release. Quote, the company is unable to predict if or when the MoviePass service will continue. The company is continuing its efforts to seek financing to fund its operations. There can be no assurance that any such financing will be obtained or available on terms acceptable to the committee. Well, it was a bad product. <laughs> How dare you? It was a great product. It was a bad product in that it had no, as near as I could tell, viable business strategy. Again, great product. Uh, like, yeah, it was, people will buy it. Yes, but a product has to be profitable. Anyway, what I wanted... I'm it doesn't worried. have to be. If you're, if you're selling a product in, like, a fully socialized government, it doesn't... You know what I mean? A product is just a thing that you obtain we're not in venezuela I, I know we're not eating rats but my point is just that like it's a great product it was a terrible business model i'm also interested in what is going to happen to like the weird offshoots right well amc still has theirs going strong like every preview every time i go to a movie i see them advertise it i know I, I, but was that are they going to continue now that their main now that they don't have to yeah yeah I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. I, I predict they will because I think they're actually making money. Like, I think they figured it out. Yeah, because it's also only their movies. They have restrictions. Yes. That may, may, that may make sense. There's probably a service fee. Like, I don't know. There's there's yeah. probably any number of things that they're doing. Money. You, did you do... You did MoviePass, right? I did. Yeah. I, I used think we, it infrequently, but... See, you you are the reason... you. They were expecting you to be every single person, that's true. right? I went so... Many yeah, times. I treated it more like a gym membership yeah. than a a thing to abuse. Yeah, but with a gym <laughs> membership, you're the one you abuse. <laughs> you're like, I gotta go. Yeah, I gotta get there. And then instead, you eat nachos and think about the uh, the pointlessness of eternity. Nachos are never pointless. How dare you? That's a good point. So probably the biggest news of late is is actually Marvel related, and as of today, which is. Do we, what day is it? 27? Uh, 27? I mean, I mean, it's going to be like what? the year 2021 when this comes out. That's true. <laughs> but the big news is that Spider-Man is officially back in the MCU. Yeah, baby. At least for one movie, which is... Spider-Man Home From Away. Yeah. <laughs> home question Home mark? again, home again. Yeah. yeah. It's it's the based on the information that has been released so far, the big sticking point in the original uh, schism between... Sony and yeah. Marvel was the kind of the profit share. The moolah. Yeah, it was 95.5. When I found wanted... that out, I nearly shit my pants. Yeah. 5% of the money was going to like Disney, yeah. Marvel, the MCU. They fucking handed that shit to you on a silver platter and you paid them 5% of the profits. Yeah. And Marvel came back and said, how about 50-50? And Sony just laughed in their face and walked out. No. 
they realized that that probably wasn't the best solution. They came back to the table after the entire internet lost their collective minds. <laughs> so it looks like these new terms are Marvel will get 25% of the profits. Still insane. Based on 25% of the funding. So They're also getting the merchandise. Yeah, and merchandise. So I, this seems like while Marvel's not getting 50%, it is equitable to the amount they're putting up. So I think this is... A pretty fair deal for all parties. Jesus Sony gets the majority Christ. of the money, but they don't. They also have to pay the majority. I think that's a pretty good deal. But Sony also isn't doing any of the work. Like uh, yes. in, on the last two <laughs> movies, they they were in charge of marketing. Uh, and that was well. It. They also do distribution, which is sure. actually a big deal. Sure, I guess they're not making the movie. Uh, yes. Here's the other thing. Actually, I was super upset when they when they separated when mommy and daddy got divorced well it was mommy and like deadbeat second Step husband stepmommy uh when they they got when they separated i was like in not inconsolable but just like certainly in a rage about it and angry with sony and someone said something to me that didn't change my mind but it made me think twice about it and it was they said to me and i'll never forget this uh someone in the show that i was working on as assistant director said well Sony's made the best Spider-Man movie so far. And I was like, what? And he was like, end of the Spider-Verse. And I was like, oh my God. It's true. <laughs> That's, you're not yeah. wrong. Well, but Sony Animation Studios is kind of its own ball of wax. Yeah. But and it, interestingly about Into the uh, Spider-Man. the Into the Spider-Man? Into the Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Verse. <laughs> is, well, another thing I wanted to mention is Kevin Feige is producing, who produced the original two from Marvel. Yeah, of course. John Watts is in talks great. to return as director, great. same director great. as the first great. two. Yep. In the press release, Kevin Feige said, and I quote, he also happens, Spider-Man, to be the only hero with the superpower to cross cinematic universes. So as Sony continues to develop their own Spideyverse, you never know what surprises the future might hold. I find this particularly interesting in what this could mean for the future. For a Spider-Verse? Uh, for a Spider-Verse. Because another piece of news I wanted to bring up is the ever-expanding Venom-Verse. Yeah. In this Venom-Verse, they recently announced the, uh, the writers for the Morbius movie are being signed on to write a Madam Web movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw that, too. I didn't even think about it. So... This is a very strange connection. So what it could possibly entail is some weird thing where Tom Holland's version of Spider-Man leaves the MCU, thereby giving an in-universe reason for him to no longer be in the MCU. Oh, like they are literally two different universes. Yes, he's. they are two separate universes. Canonical universes. Exactly. So the Spider-Man that exists in the MCU would no longer exist there. I mean, they could do that. They could do that. And I, Kevin Feige has apparently been on the record many times saying that this is their Spider-Man. The MCU's Spider-Man. This quote seems to indicate that they're setting up an in-film reason for that to still be the case. Well, in the, in the contract, they've got one more Spider-Man movie and one non-Spider-Man movie. Uh, yes, I believe you're correct. So, I know Doctor Strange is, is called, like, Doctor Strange into the Multiverse or something um, like that. Yeah. The, uh, the Multiverse of Madness. Multiverse of or, Madness. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and that is the that is the, the release just before the, the announced release date for the next Spider-Man movie. 
So, yeah, I mean, you, you introduce all these different, I mean, you put Tom Holland in a black suit in there, like Venom suit. If you can do it, they might be able to license well, that. Think of the thing of a, a end of credit stinger where that's the one of the first things you see. It's better than fucking what's his name? White men can't jump. Oh, uh, Woody Harrelson in an awful oh, wig pretending to be Cletus Cassidy. Yeah, that was one of the most heartbreaking things because it was <laughs> it was just depressing. <laughs> yeah. I haven't even seen the movie. I've seen that scene and I was like, what were they thinking? Who thought this was, who greenlit this? It was the worst wig I've ever seen. Yeah. It was truly disgusting. You don't have to, that's the thing that like studio executives are not learning. The MCU is getting a handle on it, but like they don't have to look exactly like them. You know what I mean? Like it's an evocation. Remember the first Thor, they had his eyebrows dyed blonde. Yeah. Like, and then after that, they were like, it's fine if they're a little brown. Well, it, it's like the progression of Thor is a great example. The first movie, they dyed his eyebrows blonde. Yeah. And then the third movie, they cut all his hair off and let it be brown. Right. They, like. Gave him a different eye color. Like, his, yeah. he has one yellow eye, you know? Yeah, they, they clearly allowed for just whatever to happen to happen. Yeah. And because they realized that while comic book nerds are pedantic as all get out, if it's good enough. The yeah. details are forgivable. Which is why, um, I almost said Donald Glover was created. Why, um, <laughs> that character everyone wanted him to play. Miles Morales. Yeah. Why Miles Morales was created was because people were like, there can't be a black Spider-Man. And then they won. And then the, the writers of comics were like, oh yeah? yeah, here's a black Spider-Man. Well, it's kind of a victory in that like, oh, here's a black Spider-Man, but it's still not Peter Parker. I know. It's yeah. uh, it'd be nice to have a black Peter Parker. That w- I think that would be a very interesting take, but I don't want to take anything away from the Miles Morales character because that I think, particularly in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, is a beautiful creation of an origin story that should not be taken away from the the comic book world. Yeah, I mean to be fair though, we never see our universes Peter Parker in that, right? Well, define ours because the Peter B. Six one six. The Peter B. Parker, who's voiced by Jake Johnson. Yeah, that's not. He's meant to be pretty darn close to the Tobey Maguire. Yeah, because if yeah, you yeah. look, he has the upside down spider kiss. Uh-huh. He has stopping the train. But that's not Earth six one six. No, that uh, actually has its own. It, yeah. But he is his own. I forget what they said, but he's his own one. Where like. Even Tobey Maguire's, like Tobey, yeah, he has the the Spider Man three dance at one point. Yeah. Um, but it's there are other very parts close. too. Yeah. That someone someone found that there are parts from like the Andrew Garfield one as well, and like there's a bunch wrapped in together that they're just making gags on. Tobey Maguire was supposed to make a cameo in that. All movie. three of them were. Yeah, yeah. Tobey Maguire, God, uh, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland were all in early talks, and there's, I've. I've heard rumor that they're making a second into the Spider-Verse or movie within that universe where those three will make an appearance. I'm a little worried because the only thing they've confirmed about that movie is that it will explore uh, the romantic tendencies between Miles and Gwen. And I'm like, no. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's not necessary. Um, What... Kind of the hints at it that you got in the first movie, I thought were Fine. sufficient. Enough. Yeah. Don't need any more of that. What we need to delve into is the romantic tendencies between Spider-Ham and Noir Spider-Man. I could not agree more. <laughs> Nicholas Cage uh, and John Mulaney belong together. They are my primary ship. 
And if anyone tries to take that from me, I will cry. I really thought you were going to say, if anyone tries to sink that battleship. (laughs) (laughs) James, I put John Gunn on here. James Gunn. (laughs) James Gunn has announced that David Dast Malchian, Michael Rooker, Taika Waititi, Steve Agee, I'm pronouncing all these names wrong, and Sean Gunn. Sean Gunn will all be in the Suicide Squad. And with that, Marvel's takeover of the DC Universe has begun. And with J.J. Abrams taking over whatever version of the next Justice League. Uh, Oh, yeah. Which means that that. the DCEU might not suck. I mean, the Joker looks pretty good. Well, but the... the Joker isn't really in the DCEU. It's well, in a yeah. weird... One thing that Chris and I have been saying stories. for years on this show is that... Um, Chris actually brought it up. Is that the DC Universe... Like, Zack Snyder specifically has been trying to do for the DC Universe what the Marvel Universe has been doing. And he's just been trying to, like, shove it in and shoehorn yeah. it in and make it work and, like, do their own Avengers. He and tried to jump into it. the middle of the process. Right. And Chris brought up this great idea, which was just give the catalog of comics... To, to any director you want, and like, the weirder the better, and just say, go for it. Let them be genre pieces. Yes, yeah. And specifically, like, totally separate, like, let's see, like, David Lynch's Green Lantern movie. Let's see the Coen Brothers. I would pay. Right. Piles of money. Let the Coen, David let the Coen Brothers, let the Coen Brothers do Batman, you know, yeah. let, uh. Who else we got? I mean, Kubrick's dead, but he'd be a great example as well, you know? Bring him back. Yeah. I think they're starting to do that, but how they... There's still this tendency, and I'll I can't, I'll get into this a little, a little bit with uh, my next piece of news about the Arrow... The DC television universe known as the Arrowverse. Yep. Is... I think the Arrowverse is actually probably the best example of how the DC should do it. Really? Yes. Because I think it has been more successful and more, I guess, germane or genuine in how it's doing it than anything I've anything Marvel has even done put on television. My big beef with so let me get to the news first. Sorry, uh, announced at, at the end of uh, last season, they announced an upcoming crisis, crisis on infinite Earths. This is a a, a quintessential thing to dc comics which are the crisis events sky turns red crazy shit happens and crisis on infinite earths is all of those earths coming together or collapsing i read that comic line once upon a time yeah, it's I barely remember i it. confuse it there's like a crisis on infinite earth 2 is uh, it the one i think it's the one where they it's about the monitor or the anti-monitor i don't remember that i remember i think it's the one i think the first one is the one where they just find like an anti-universe that's everything is the opposite and like lex Luthor is the only one they can trust yeah i i though i get these crises from the dc world very confused the interesting thing that they've kind of tied together is the crisis and infinite earths will also be the end of Arrow, the show that started the Arrow. Oh, how long has that been on? Uh, seven, eight seasons. Jesus. Yeah, so it's been going for a while, and this will be its end. And unlike a lot of shows, it's getting a very climactic end of that show. But the shows it spawned are able to continue. Yeah. So in the Arrowverse, there is Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, and starting this fall, Batwoman. 
So those are like kind of the five core shows. And they like all share one continuity and universe. It gets real interesting in Crisis on Infinite Earths because you start pulling in other DC television properties that have happened. So there's another uh, CW show called Black Lightning. It's a... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not technically in the Arrowverse, but it's about superheroes. Right. That is being pulled into Crisis on Infinite Earths. Constantine, the show that was on NBC a number of years yeah. ago, the actor who played John Constantine has already been Keanu pulled Reeves? In. Sadly, no. <laughs> uh, it's, I think, Matt Smith. Not that one. The other one. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, but then it gets real interesting on Crisis on the, in this. They're pulling in... Uh, the big news is they cast Tom Welling to reprise his role as Superman, Clark Kent, right, right. from Smallville. Smallville. Yeah, yeah. Brandon Routh, who is a regular on Legends of Tomorrow, will be redonning the cape of Superman that he played in Superman oh, that Returns. That didn't even occur to me that he's he's already in one of the shows. Yeah. He plays the Atom. Is he going to play both? Yes, he will be playing Atom and from another universe, Superman. Are they? You think they're going to acknowledge that? That he's the same person. Yeah, they they have, they have to, to right? they have to hang a lampshade on it, or it'll not make any sense. Yeah, someone's got to be like, who's that handsome yeah. guy? So what? And, I, well, and we got Kevin Conroy too, right? Yes, and, and Burt Ward. Yes. Yeah. That, yeah. So Burt Ward, Erica Durance, who played Lois Lane right. on Smallville, is yeah. already cast in. Uh, currently plays. This is in, insane, man. Yeah, uh, Kevin Conroy will be in Batwoman. Linda Carter is a recurring character in Supergirl who played Wonder Woman in the 1970s. Yeah. There is rumor of a DCEU cameo of some kind, whether it's news clips or possibly a, a hero cameo, yeah. which would be very interesting. So I compiled a list of all of the shows that will be represented in Crisis on Infinite Earths. You have Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Batwoman and Supergirl, like the core of the Arrowverse, Black Lightning, Constantine, Smallville, The Flash from the 19, 1990s. Right, right. Wesley Shipp plays uh, Barry Allen's father in Flash. Oh, yeah, yeah. Batman 1960s, Burt Ward, who played Robin. And correct me if I'm wrong, going back to The Flash, yes. the guy who, the version in the 90s is like the like they already had that character in the show jay garrick yes that's right yes and that but then you have batman the animated series with kevin conroy yeah uh well and i i, I was under the impression that was gonna, probably going to be batman beyond or no uh i'm going with kevin conroy representing both right right, right. because technically could, could be kingdom come also thank you for reminding me that is the superman that brandon routh is playing right yeah. superman from so that kingdom would make come. sense if batman yeah. is from that yeah. one as well uh well i believe batman is actually going to be uh in batwoman batwoman yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but they could still be from they could be connected universe. it's yeah. unknown at this time but batman the animated series shares the universe with the new batman adventures batman beyond superman the animated series static shock justice league justice league unlimited jesus fucking christ man yeah and then you have wonder woman from the 1970s with linda carter and in supergirl the person who plays uh, Cara Danvers' father is Dean Kane, who played oh, Superman no in Lois and Clark's yeah. The Adventures of Superman. Yeah. So I, the strength of the DC television universe, Arrowverse, is so strong because it's kind of leveraged the nostalgia of 50 years of 
television about DC heroes and this iconography that just get kind of brought to the forefront in like fun, interesting ways. That's something that Marvel in its greatness in the MCU has failed spectacularly at bringing to television. Well, I I mean, to be completely honest, they weren't given a a fair shake at it. I agree 100% with that. Yeah. Uh, Because I believe the the big negative with the Marvel television shows is they were forced to be part of the MCU. They weren't allowed to be their own thing, which the Arrowverse was. The Arrowverse was in its own world and did its own stuff to pull things in. Marvel, like the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. always had this problem. We're always had to follow behind the movies. Oh, that I, all right. I, excuse, I was going to bring up the Netflix shows and say, I didn't, yep. I don't think, I don't agree with you on those, but with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And yeah. even the Netflix shows, everything was, the scale of everything was meant, was kind of forced to be very small. And when they tried to go big, it didn't always feel genuine because why wasn't Captain America there? Well, I see, I I sort of agree with that. I, but it's not, I don't think the problem is that it's in the same universe as all this other stuff. I think they should have gone even further with that. And I think part of the problem could be, like, if you said it at the same time as, God, I don't know, Age of Ultron, and they're all off in fucking Russia, you know, and then someone's trying to take over Manhattan, which isn't as big a deal as Ultron taking over all the electronics and taking over the world. Yeah, that's true. Then they can be like, where are they? I guess it's up to us. Like, we're the only people left here who aren't just people. Yeah, maybe it wasn't that it was... And then it was also like, the Defenders happened and they were like, wait a minute, what's this for? And they were like, dragon bones to keep me alive. (laughs) Yeah, they kind of (laughs) definitely... And another piece of news... The, the sequel to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is Ghost Rider, which was picked up by Hulu... Oh, yeah, wasn't that dropped? Was dropped. Yeah. So there's already this kind of Ugh. exodus of the uh, MCU television show, except for whatever is going to be happening on Disney+. Plus. Well, it's hard, too, because, like, only half of the Netflix shows were any good. Do you know who Ike Perlmutter is? Have we talked about him at all? His name rings a bell, but you'd have to remind it's me. the fucking bane of Marvel's existence. If they got rid of this guy... Their, all of their storylines would get better. So, like, here are some notable things that Ike Perlmutter did. He fought to keep all the music out of Guardians of the Galaxy. He fought to keep Spider-Man out of Civil War. He fought to keep... Um, oh, uh, Kevin Feige wanted to just, like, massacre half the characters in Civil War. And, they like, Kathleen Kennedy, the head of Disney, was like, this could work. This could be a thing. And Ike Perlmutter was like, no, we can't do that. And he was like... And eventually they negotiated and he was like, here's the deal. You can have Spider-Man, nobody dies. And they were like, okay, fine, we'll do that then. So he was in charge of that stuff. He made all these terrible decisions. And then after all that shit happened, and they, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. they demoted him after Daredevil season one and Jessica Jones season one. They demoted him to the Netflix shows. And he I fucking I wonder what tanked. happened then. So bad. He fucking tanked all of them. So... I don't, I don't, I think that's the, the, I mean, that's a personal, Chris and I have talked ad nauseum about this, but that's my personal belief on what happened with no, those shows. I think. And what, you can see in like The Punisher, the first season, we, Melinda and I joke about it all the time. We put it on Twitter, uh, a thing about it. They, there's a scene where they highlight orange juice 
more than the like physically with the lighting instruments there's orange juice is better lit than the actress that's on on screen and i was like this is a fake orange juice certainly right why are they doing that and i googled it oh no it's a real orange juice and it was the main sponsor for the netflix shows well how are you gonna pay for the shows when there's no ads on netflix yeah right how is disney going to be able to afford a television show i think what you're describing is probably one of the truest things of this kind of golden age of television I'm I'm being 100% serious yeah. here in that the strength of shows is predicated entirely on the quality of the showrunner. Yeah, no, it's true. And Jeff Johns is doing the, the Arrowverse and yes. stuff, right? Yes, uh, Greg Berlanti. Oh, yeah, he's good too, though. Uh, Jeff Johns, I believe, has some role. Yeah, um, but they're both great. Both great. And yeah. like, look at other shows, like the classic example of Game of Thrones, when you had showrunners running the show based on a template from George R. R. Martin, right. smash success, when they kind of get free reign to do whatever they want to do, nothing but hate. Yeah, well, and you can say the same thing about George Lucas and Kevin Feige. It's not just television. Like, yeah. Kevin Feige is the showrunner of Marvel, and that's why it's been steadily great. Yeah, and gotta George... let creatives be creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and the opposite, too, though, right? Like, uh, George Lucas, when Fox is holding him to the ground and they're they're chaining him down he makes a new hope and empire strikes back and then they start giving him a little more freedom he makes return of the jedi which is not everyone's favorite and then they give him full reign and he makes the prequels <laughs> yeah when lucasfilm was sold to disney to become the voltron that is disney of today he gave outlines in what he thought the next three movies should be yeah and when they presented him with what they were going to be he was furious yeah, and I made remember. public comments deriding it mm -hmm. i mean them's the breaks man yeah like i uh, it's, it's enjoy funny. your five billion dollars <laughs> i know it's funny though too because like I, it's so it's so um hypocritical for me because for that i'm like yeah well tough shit you know get fucked buddy you ruined star wars get out of here and then like sony's like it's not enough money so we're not gonna let you use spider-man and i'm like shut the fuck up no you know <laughs> yeah money's only important till it's the most important thing in the yeah, world exactly i'm like listen to them i know they don't own spider-man anymore but just let them do what they want they're nice guys yeah do you have anything else about that no i watched we beautifully segued between these things we did i am tickled pink <laughs> is that a sex thing i watched the flash it is if you want it to be seasons one through three i think i was blown away by the first one Season one of The Flash is some of the best superhero television I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, and I remember the pilot episode. Like, you can tell they put a lot of money into the pilot and then it just kind of faded away. Mm -hmm. Because in the first episode, they do that thing that, like, I think they did it in the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie. Someone, like, drops a tray and, like, he, instead of, like, doing like a super fast CGI thing. They just used a high-speed camera, I think is what it's called, mm -hmm. and had him on a green screen walking around the things and collecting them and putting them back on the tray and then fixing everything. And it was magnificent. It was one of the most beautiful shots I've ever seen. And then slowly, and they started using more CGI and we'll, we'll just make a move really fast and that's how we'll... Just a we'll blur and yeah, everything yeah. will be done in the but end. But what I really admired about the first season was their ability to use physics and math and make it interesting. Like part of the thing would be them testing his abilities and he'd be like how am i going to make it up to the 45th floor of that building like i'm not going to be able to like zigzag up the steps fast enough and cisco is that yes. that guy's name is like well in theory if you go at x speed and maintain a trajectory of this angle and maintain the velocity and don't go off by five degrees 
you just run up the building in theory. And he's like, okay, here we go. You know, and they used real math for that stuff that I always thought was really cool. And then that kind of just faded away by halfway through the second season, I think. And then by the third, they started trying to do the high speed camera thing. But instead of using a high speed camera, they just digitized an entire set and people. And I was like, this is no good. Yeah. And you could really tell. Um, Yeah. I think there seasons two and three of the flash are not particularly spectacular. They get better opinion. after that. I think I watched the there's, first few episodes. There's kind of some one. ups and downs. Um, but cause that's when flashpoint. Yeah. That's when that starts. Right. Uh, I don't remember the, the it kind of all muddles. Yeah, I watched yeah, them yeah. in a group. So oh, it's a little it. muddled yeah. together for it's, me. So it's all one 10 hour episode <laughs> to some extent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things I think is really strong about the Arrowverse is they allowed the different properties to kind of develop their own voice. What I mean by that is Arrow is pretty grim. It is like yeah, dark and mean. brooding and just like depressing. Yes. And it's like dirty grungy. It's more of their daredevil. Uh, it's actually, they borrow a lot from Batman. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say yeah. that first, but that's DC, but yeah. you know, it's like the, well, the they find out yeah. like, uh, uh, Stephen Amell, who plays the yeah, yeah, Oliver yeah. Queen, the Green Arrow, said we took a lot from Batman because he's a billionaire vigilante. Like you kind of right, have yeah, to Oliver borrow Queen. a bit. And uh, his brother is Fire Guy. <laughs> oh, Robbie Amell does play Firestorm. Firestorm. Yes. Yeah, I was like Fire For a while. Starter? Then he gets replaced. It's very weird. It's clear that he had other opportunities and didn't want to return. Uh, I see. Yeah. Um, but then you have. The Flash, which is actually a much more like lighthearted, a little bit more sciency, a little bit more optimistic, because the core of who the Flash is is hope. Well, and Grant Gustin is so good. He is phenomenal. Yeah, well, most of that cast is pretty solid. There, yeah. I, I didn't like so much when they they make what's her face the Frost Lady, and it was it was very odd. I like I like the guy who plays Captain Cold. He's oh, really yeah. good. Cisco's fine. Yeah. There was once I actually our first I think it might be our first tweet that we put up. Uh, is a picture of him wearing a Big Bang Theory shirt, and I was like, "Nope, <laughs> it's not not yeah. not real." There are some like it does cross the line with uh, like insert pop culture reference yes. here. Yeah, uh, that can get a little jarring. But the most interesting one, but it's still fun. Oh yeah, it's yeah. it's it's lighthearted. It's fun, even I'm, when you're sighing into the palm of your hand. Yeah, you kind of roll your eyes and continue yeah. to enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, but then when you get to Legends of Tomorrow, when Things get off the rails. They took a, essentially like B characters from two shows and said, let's put them on a time ship and just like let them play dress up in all these different time periods. And it has no right to work, but it completely works. How, how many seasons is that in? Do you know? This is like the f- fourth or fifth season. Should I check that one out? Uh, You should, but like it's weird. Like there's the uh, the season finale of I think season three is a giant fight between a demon and a giant stuffed blue bear named Bebo. Sign me up. And it is somehow compelling in ways that I do not understand. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's villains chewing on the scenery. Yeah, it is like really it's like love like relationships on the ship that like oh no will they won't they oh no it exploded and all these weird like cliche sitcom things they do takedowns of different pieces of pop culture there's an episode where gorilla grod tries to kill a young barack obama 
This shit's crazy. And somehow it works. That sounds incredible. It's, did, did you watch? I know this is this is a tangent, and we're going spending so much time on this. But did, did you watch uh, Umbrella Academy? I did, and I loved it. It's so good. It's fantastic. Have you seen any of um, the other one that came out at the same time with Brendan Fraser? Whatever that show is, Monkey Bone. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, what the fuck is that show called? I don't know what you're talking the, about. It's a DC Universe one. He plays a robot. Oh, um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I almost said Suicide Squad. That's not no, it. It sounds like that, though. Yeah. It's like... Yeah, I know Doom, what you're talking Doom, Doom Patrol. Patrol. Yeah. There it is. Have you seen any of that? No, I haven't, because I think that's on some premium Yeah, I think thing. it's just on the, w, the DC yeah, streaming. streaming thing. It's, yeah. it's, Same with... Uh, I've heard really good things about Titans as well. Yeah, I've, I remember that trailer came out, and I was like, nah. But then, yeah, people are saying really good things yeah, about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, and I think that's all of these things, these weird pieces of DC content that have been allowed to kind of develop on their own is really, really strong. And the thing I think is most interesting about it is it's a comic. It's like a comic book. Yeah. Comic books have different runs and different mm-hmm. authors and they kind of go their own weird way well it's yeah it's it's a it's a bigger version of what feige did with the mcu right uh well but the mcu was notoriously like, iron fisted about like there is a continuity there oh, is one yeah yeah yeah. no deviation yeah you can't say i mean sort of they, they there's certainly plenty of continuity errors but yeah they they made it uh the number one top priority was to not say something that countered something else it was all meant to be one world but in the kind of the dc realm they were just like whatever like just make stuff and if it works it works and i think that's for television really strong movies i'm not sold yet i am man i think they need to go immediately in that direction at least the dc no i think i think Yes, I think you are correct. What I mean is they tried to do this one big continuity in the DC universe. Right. And it's failing. Oh, I see. And by them doing, following the more TV model of let people just do yes. whatever and whatever genres it falls into. It, it also makes it so that like people, there, there's no one who hasn't gotten far enough in who needs to catch up. Yeah. Right. Like if you break all the continuity and none of the continuity matters, you will never have P. No one will ever say, I don't know. I can't watch the last 10 movies before this movie comes out. I guess I'll just skip it, you know, because it doesn't matter. Yeah. I have several friends who watched uh, just the Avengers, most recent Avengers Endgame and Infinity War and told me they had no idea what was going on. Yeah. And yeah, they don't they shouldn't. Yeah, there's a great in the way that's set up. Yeah, there's a great video on YouTube that got super viral of a kid who's like 22 or something uh, who has never seen any of the Marvel Please movies. Please never say a kid of 22 ever well, again. Sorry, man. I got bad news. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he <laughs> he uh, he's never seen any of the Marvel movies and his brother takes him to see the Avengers. And it's so good because they get footage before they go in the movie and they have the, like the, you know, those giant like. I don't know what to call them. They're not posters. The cardboard like the cutouts. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they have one of like all the major characters. <laughs> He's like, his brother's like, can you name any of these people? And he only gets one. And I think it's Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> Who, by every right, yeah. should be the least yes, well-known yeah. person in the MCU. And then the then they come out and they go home and it's just like 10 minutes of them in their kitchen and him being like, 
what questions do you have? It's <laughs> like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah. Like to that kind of person, you wouldn't know what questions to ask. Yeah. Other than we're going to go scene by scene. Yes. So you can give explain me these characters, nine movies why, of context. What they're talking about. Yeah. That sounds rough. All right. So R.O.U.S. is about to stand for remakes of unparalleled stupidity because the CEO of Sony Pictures, Tony Vincicuera, recently nailed told, it. Recently told Variety, we have so many people coming to us saying, quote, we want to remake this show or that show. Very famous people. It sounds like Donald Trump. Very famous people whose names I won't use, but they want to redo Tremendous. The, the Princess Bride. They want to do The Princess Bride. <sighs> now... Tell me, tell me, hold on, I know, tell me, I know it's hard for you to keep it contained, but I want you to, in the best way possible, explain to me why this is a great idea. No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's fair. Well, okay, so, the only, the best way I can do it is, the only way I could rationalize it is, the premise, not the premise, the, one of the major elements of, of The Princess Bride was the grandfather reading a story to his son. Yeah, so just get those same actors back. Uh, One of them's still here. Uh, they did that in, was it Deadpool? Sort of. I, I think like that actor ad is for dead. Deadpool? Yeah, no, yeah. but it was... No, uh, no, it's in the... D, the um, they re-released... For the, crisp, for the yes. on PG version or yes, whatever. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. But I could see, much like they aged it... From instead of the 50s to the 80s, from the 80s to the 2010s, they could do something similar. Like it? Uh, yeah. Where essentially they make that time. They, I think that the relationship today between grandchildren and grandparents has changed somewhat. It's not just about reading books, it's about getting like somebody who is not familiar with technology to a kid past technology. Mm. So I think if that is how you approach it and how it's about a grandfather trying to, or grandparent, I just don't want to be gendered here, a grandparent connecting to their grandchild and taking it from that approach. So it's less about the the story of the princess bride, but at that as a tool of helping him or helping them connect, that might be an interesting approach and I am reaching for the stars here. I really think if you give it 30 more years and you get Fred Savage to be the grandfather. That would that could work. Yeah, I think I think there needs to be more time, right? Like, there isn't a reason yet. The Princess Bride still holds up and most people have seen it. Uh, I agree. I think I, as I said, no is the correct answer <laughs> to this question. Yeah. But if you were going to do it, I think you can. Ooh. Every, came out of nowhere. Everyone should know we had Taco Bell before this, and it was a huge mistake. I'm glad there is no smell on podcasts. <laughs> so my answer is no. It, this shouldn't be something that's done. But if you do it, I think there is a way. Yeah. You don't. Do you think that you could do that, and it would be like you could do it in a way that would be acceptable and fine right now? Yes, I do. Okay. I don't think you need to rely on the nostalgia of having the same actor play who played the kid play the adult. Mm. Because then just put Carrie Elwes or Mandy Patinkin as the mm. grandfather. Uh, maybe. Uh, I'm not Mandy saying Mandy Patinkin could do it. Carrie... Mandy Patinkin could do it spectacularly. Still a little young. He's a little young, but he's no, Man- Mandy brilliant. Patinkin could do it. Yeah. yeah. So I think 
there was a way. I don't think they're going to do it because it's going to be a cash who, grab. Who, who do you get to play the characters? Who do you get to play Andre the Giant's character? Fazzini? Is that his name? Uh, no, no. Uh, Fezzik is the giant. Fezzik, yeah. Fazzini is uh, the Sicilian. Is that his name? No. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I don't know. Who plays Andre the Giant? Is it is it Jason Momoa? Oh, is it the mountain? You get the mountain to play? Uh, you, I think, but the problem is, is there was such magic with Andre the Giant because he was such a large character, but like... All those actors yeah. made those characters. It was characters. lightning in a bottle. Like, it's insane to think, that's one of the reasons why I think it needs a lot more time, because it's insane to think of anyone right now. Like, you would, you would almost have to redo the entire movie for actors. Yes. Like, because those characters were made for those actors, I presume. I don't believe... I mean, I mean, yeah. it's based on a book, but, like, the those... Like, yes, books are things could... you read, Andrew. I mean, they're not things I read. That's yeah, true. The, what I mean is, you, you, there's no actor right now who could, who could recite the line when said when someone says to him, "No more rhymes, now I mean it." He he responds with, "Anybody want a peanut?" With the same amount of camp, and twinkle. Yeah, I was charm. Yeah, right. Like you, you're like, oh, oh, like that's dumb, but I love it. Yeah, you know, it's like there isn't anyone who could do warmth. that. So you yeah. almost couldn't have that character be that way. And the same with um, Wally Shawn's character and yeah. even Mandy Patinkin's character. Like all of them, there's so much those actors. Yeah, and then you have like Count Rugen, who is like, is that the six fingered man? Yes. Yeah. Who's just so evil, but yeah. in this like mustache twirling yeah, contemptible you know like you still kind of like him way yeah. but like wow you're evil but like oh man it's this is gonna be fun when you get your comeuppance yeah yeah like you're that like, is so hard what an evil dude yeah like yeah i mean it's very rare that we can find i mean that era was all about that you look at like darth vader no one questioned darth vader or the emperor you know but they're just yeah. like strictly evil people it's such a there's so much like warmth and joy in that story yeah that i don't know of many modern movies that are able to capture anything close to that. Yeah. I don't Unless know. you get into something like animated movies, like how to train your dragon. Right. Even then, even then I'm saying that is as close as I yeah. can get. Even then they've all got like fairly logistical and like economic reasonings behind the reason they're doing these dastardly things. Yeah. So I, yeah, it'd be hard to do it in a, in a contemporary way without being accused of copying from that era. And yeah, unless it's, I don't want a shot-for-shot shot remake. We right. already have a movie, so it has to be transformative in some way, and I don't know how to do that. Also, great fight scenes with like you can't you can't do like wire work and all this shit that we're used to, and like cut, 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 cut. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like the Paul Greengrass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like Jack, the scenes. Jack Ryan movies that are or yeah. like that. What's the? I forget what movie is. I think it's one of the Taken movies where like Liam Neeson hops a fence and it's and like, like twenty seven. No, it's like twenty seven cuts. I'm yeah. sure that number is greatly exaggerated, but it is. Yeah, I think it's like five. It's but, a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it lo it's enough that it looks weird. So that's the hard part is getting these people who are the equal amount of charm and camp who can also like do crazy shit with a rapier. You know. Yeah. Or is it? Or do you even change it from, like, that's another way you could go. It's, it's not kind of that medieval fantasy world. Put it in the Wild West. Because hey. Westerns sell so well. They actually, I mean, they're doing okay right now. Are they? Yeah, Django and um, Logan and... Uh, okay, Logan, 
is a wonderful movie, but I would not classify it as a Western. All right, all right. It's heavily inspired by Western. That I agree with. But like Django but it, certainly is. The Hateful Eight was. Those did very well. Well, um, Django was what? seven years ago six years ago yeah i guess you're right but but i think i think it is i think it's not look superhero movies are here forever yes at least for now like they're not going away anytime soon they make a billion dollars but, a piece yeah, but i think here. if they weren't i think westerns would be coming back right now maybe i think there have been enough doors opened that if there was a spot open they'd be back okay if that's the case but I could see them doing a Princess Bride type of thing. Put it in space. Put it in space. There's this great movie that's pretty much the same thing. It's called Jupiter Ascending. Oh, stop it. How dare you? Jesus fucking Christ. That movie has one redeeming quality, and that is... uh, Eddie Redmayne? Eddie Redmayne. Okay, good. Just going nuts. That's good. He's he's a great actor. Have you seen it him? Brings me joy. Have you seen him doing the monologue from Breakfast to Tiffany's? Yeah, I have. He is spectacular. That's, that's the first thing I ever saw him do. And I was blown away. And the second thing I ever saw him do was Theory of Everything. He is a he is. I was hooked. Such a brilliant young actor. I don't know if you can call him a young actor. I don't know how old he is. Yeah, I think he's almost our age. Uh, but yeah, he's spectacular. Yeah. Looks like he got hit in the face with a hammer. Yet still amazingly handsome. Yeah, well, he's thin. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the way it goes. You can be ass ugly, but as long as you're thin. I know I shouldn't be, but I feel so attacked right now. <laughs> I mean, I feel the same way. Like I'm, we're both two stocky guys. Like, How dare you for telling the truth? They can't see me. We're both two incredibly handsome guys. <laughs> Great save. <laughs> Nailed it. I don't know if I have any more news, unless you want to talk about the Morbius movie. <laughs> Do I? No. All right, then I go. It stars Jared Leto. <laughs> no, I don't want to talk about it. Did you see he's got, like, an island that he, like, people... Keep sex slaves on? What? No, no, no. Not quite. But he, he has a cult dedicated to himself that, like, people pay him to come... Like, he wears a robe, he has them refer to him as only as the prophet, and then he teaches them, like, spiritual guidance. I hate everything about you, what you just said. <laughs> I think you almost just said, I hate everything about you. <laughs> yes, it was so powerful, it made me almost hate you as a person. So if you thought the show Supernatural had a drought of roundhouse kicks, then good news. Jared Padalecki is going to star in a remake of Walker, Texas Ranger on the CW. I am in. The show, quote, will explore morality, family, and rediscovering our lost common ground. Oh, yeah. And this is the other thing I put. I uh, The article I was reading had this quote. This is an exact quote from the article I found about this very topic. Quote, I'm sorry. I know that Padalecki has a big fan base, but let's face it. He just can't properly fill the shoes of a legend like Chuck Norris. I don't understand why you were laughing. <laughs> Chuck Norris is a living legend. <laughs> Somehow. You're he was a right. meme before it was like a thing. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't go far. So far yeah. As memes are from like the a term yeah, yeah, pioneered yeah. in like the 40s. But even, even internet memes... Like, there were some before the Chuck Norris stuff. Yeah, but he was pretty early he was pretty days. Early. He was definitely, like, the biggest one. The Like, it, the 
first broke into the one. mainstream. Yes. Yeah. And but however, he's also an asshole. <laughs> I believe that. And I Jared Padalecki, if that's how you pronounce his name, I think I'm, so. I'm assuming that's correct. You know who that is? Yes, I do. Okay, great. He must be like such a nice guy. Yeah, I've heard that actually. Because about him. he has to be best friends with somebody at the CW or have massive dirt on them. Because he has been employed by that company yeah. for going on two decades. Well, I think he's a he's a pretty good actor. He's extremely handsome. He's like six foot four or something. Like he's really good at what he does. I don't want to undermine his skills. Well, I was gonna say I would argue the opposite. That like if anything He should be moving on to yeah, bigger and better things. Yeah. I could buy that. He was wonderful on Gilmore Girls. He was. I was gonna bring that up. I love Gilmore Girls. I don't know what the fuck this is. Chris loves Gilmore Girls, too. Because it's a great show. That was really loud, wasn't it? No, you're good. But it was close. I backed up a little. I know. There was, <laughs> there was so much excitement. You almost blew the fucking eardrums off the listeners. The, look, it's, it's, a, sorry. it's a... It's a... It's ASMR. It's a good show. <laughs> Sean Gunn. I don't know why I pronounced it that way. Sean Gunn is... Sean Gunn! <laughs> I said, I said it like we were just talking about James Gunn, yeah. and I was like, Sean Gunn, on the other hand, yeah. is phenomenal. I, Chris always brings up, I wish I could remember it, but he says his favorite line from the entire show is, someone says, like, oh, hey, Kirk, Sean Gunn's character, do you want to, like, go do X, Y, or Z later? And he just responds with, oh, no, thanks, I can't, these aren't my pants. <laughs> and then just leaves. Uh, yeah, it's a fine show. I don't, I don't really get it, especially after it came back. I was like, Oh, the movie Woof. did bad things to it. Was, it. it wasn't a movie. It was a, I, it was a, essentially like an a eight hour long movie. Yeah. <laughs> and it essentially completely undermined the entire rest of the show. Yeah. And almost made it out. I, I'm a, I adhere to the fan theory that in the, the new season, whatever you want to call it, uh, Rory is a writer and like essentially wrote about her life growing up. And that is actually what the real, like the first seasons of the Gilmore girls. were. Oh, so now we're seeing the real world, which like both of them, like all of the characters are terrible people, right? Because that's what they actually are. And the Gilmore girls that we loved was like a, an embellished nice version of these characters told from the perspective of a child. Yes. Well, growing, growing up in this house. Well, no, uh, it's uh, somebody looking back at their childhood. Right, right, right. But, yeah. but through the eyes of a child. Yes. That's, and that's really what So it it's like this rose-tinted look at growing up in right. this, like, idyllic town in yeah. New England. Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad fan theory. Yeah. It's a great show, but... Yeah, it's fine. It's, I, it's fine. I, yeah, Padalecki is very good. I, I've seen him pop up in a couple places here and there, and it's always... I don't know if he can do a roundhouse kick. I assume he can. Can you imagine? Dude's super tall yeah. and like has super long legs. Can you imagine he's getting a, hit with one of he's those? He's a big boy. Yeah. I don't want to. That would be painful. I'm against violence because it hurts me. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. I think we, did we, yeah, we hit an hour. That's like Great. dead on. It'll, after Great. I edit it, it'll be like 12 minutes. <laughs> I, I, I tried pretty hard not to say like a lot. Good job. I cut out. I, I don't think I'll be cutting out a lot of your likes. Chris says, um, every other word. <laughs> so much so, I'll play it for you after we close this episode. I made, for our patrons, I made a... Uh, um, supercut? Yeah, with uh, clown music in the background. 
and it's from it is it is half of the ums of one episode it is three minutes long wow all right so uh i'm gonna i'm gonna end this i'm gonna take us home thank you uh if you are listening to this you're probably listening to us on one of our our many places you can listen to this podcast uh either itunes spotify google play music or soundcloud.com slash the media lunch break you can find us on our social media accounts on twitter at media lunch break on facebook instagram you can find us on youtube.com slash the media lunch break feel free to uh chuck in a dollar into a bucket a duck it into a bucket at patreon.com slash the media lunch break. We still have some spots available. We got our first patron that I don't know yesterday. Congratulations. I know. Neither Hello, person out there. I know. We I appreciate his you. His name is like, I don't want to don't, get it don't, wrong. Don't, 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 don't name him. <laughs> don't dox him. No, don't dox him. <laughs> All right, please. great. Or uh, her. No. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Uh, our first patron, though, and I like to give a shout out to her every now and then. It's one Julie Wagner. Is, yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's I, I always like to say thank you. We do have some spots available on. Uh, I've been. I think I mentioned it last time. Maybe I didn't mention it last time. But we are we we introduced a patron tier that has a benefit for ten people. I think we're at five or six. That if you donate a dollar or more, but like just a dollar if you pledge a dollar then we'll send you a mystery box of any license you want within reason like we have i think maybe seven or eight different choices so get on that if you want it if not that's fine too we we're making we're making pretty decent money now which is nice we give way too much out we have one person we do a contest like every other week we have one dude who's gotten three mystery boxes from us you know you could set it up so if you've won in the last x amount of time they can't win again no i don't want to i want them to keep playing Fair enough. Yeah. It's just chance, too. Like, I go to a randomizer, and I put all the names in. And the first one, we had two different contests going on at the same time. And I put, like, eight the eight names in that we had for this one. And I did it, and it was the guy. And then I put, like, the 12 names in for the other one, and I hit it. And it was him again. And I was like, I should hit it again. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck no. It's it's random. Like, he gets two. So I just sent, like, two to him at Bob once. Bob Jones crushing it. Yeah, I know, right? And, uh... He uh, and he donated as well to the the Patreon. So he's one of again, our patrons. thank you all for the patrons out there. You make this possible. Why do you give a shit? Anyway, we're also on Patreon.com. So, nice. so Patreon.com slash The Media Lunch Break is where you can do that. Uh, you can also email us at TheMediaLunchBreak at gmail.com. Or you can go to our website, www.TheMediaLunchBreak.com. Uh, and I have under here, thank you, Julie, in my notes. Thank you, Julie. <laughs> Yeah, she's she's still one of our biggest donors too, one of our biggest patrons. She doesn't hate me anymore. That's nice. Um, I do. <laughs> Why do you think I came here? So you feed me Taco Bell so I could destroy your bathroom. Oh, <laughs> special thanks to Jeff for sitting in on uh, the toilet on for Chris. Please don't use that in this. Oh, I'm gonna. Oh. And uh, if it's funny, it stays in. That's the rule. And uh, that's how do you have said. any content in this podcast? Right in my ego. <laughs> well, I guess I'll shut it off because there's no point to anything anymore. I'm going to go drown in the river. Existence is meaningless.